Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Dina Goldstein, who is an award-winning artist and former stand-up comedian. Her artwork has been featured in solo and collective exhibitions, receiving numerous honors for her original acrylics. Dina's debut memoir is entitled OK Little Bird, and since its release has been named a must-read by Shelf Unbound magazine, as well as placing as a finalist in the TCK Publishing Awards. We have so much to chat about today. So let's just jump right into this, Dina, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to chatting with you. Absolutely. But before we get into your professional background, and there's so much to talk about there, can you describe your journey thus far in one word? That would have to be love. Love. Oh, that's the first time I've heard that. Really? Tell me more. Um, Everything that I do is driven from that base point, whether it's connecting with family, people. I'm just a lover of love. And whether it's artwork or whatever, I I just think it's everywhere. And it really elevates us when we're able to embrace it and use it in our daily lives. Oh, my goodness. I love that. And that is so true. If we can capture that and just take it everywhere with us. Yes, exactly. Right. So let's talk about your diverse background, where you grew up and touch on your experience of being a stand up comedian. That is interesting. (laughs) It's a little bit crazy. Um, You know, I've always been doing creative stuff since I was little. And whether running around the house singing into a hairbrush or whatever it was, I did start drawing and painting when I was younger. And then when I was older, you know, my dad, and we can get into that, he was a super hilarious, funny guy. So there was always like humor in the house. And he, I guess, maybe was my first exposure to comedy and things like that. And later on in life, I was living in Chicago and this TV show was in town looking for people to audition. And somebody said, hey, you got to go out and do this. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I ended up doing it. And I was on my way out after the audition. They stopped me. These people from the network, they're like, you're coming back. I was like, really? You know, and I had always wanted to do it. So long story short, I ended up doing that show. And then I ended up in Chicago doing some clubs. And then I just stopped because you know, it's like one in the morning. I still have a day job. I'm like hailing cabs, you know, trying to get home, get some sleep and come back out and do it again. I love it. I'd love to get up and do it again sometime, but um, I just kind of put up like a freeze on it for a while. But um, yeah, that was, that's my stint. And wow. So now I just transferred into my daily life. That's all. (laughs) So you're just a a comedian every day. Exactly. (laughs) Pretty much from the second I open my eyes, it just sort of filters into my world, which I'm kind of happy about because, you know, as we'll talk more about, you know, in the book, comedy humor is really an amazing coping tool for everything. Absolutely. You know, I was talking to a DJ on iHeartRadio and she said, you know, we need humor right now. We need to laugh. 
It is so important with all the stuff that we've been going through as a country, as a community, as in the world, we want laughter. 100%. Levity, right? Because things are, can be so heavy sometimes and levity and humor can be so fulfilling. It can be so rewarding. So I love that you talk about it and bring it into your every day. You don't necessarily have to be on a stage because the world is your stage. It pretty much <laughs> is. And you have enough material to last, you know, 10 lifetimes, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Oh, yes. <laughs> when you think about it, absolutely. That's a whole nother show. Yes. That is a whole nother show. So I want you to also, before we get into your book, tell us more about your art and how you developed as an artist. You know, it's interesting. My my artistic journey was is really um, eclectic. I'm sure somebody would look at my work and wonder if I was taking something that grew out of the ground, but that's not the case. <laughs> um, yes, I you know I started out when I was little writing and illustrating children's books. That was always my dream. Yeah, um, I have several that I've done. I haven't really done anything with them um, except feel good when I was doing it. So I started doing you know creating characters and things like that, and then I would get into abstract. And I was doing pen and ink. I got into realism, photorealism, where I was doing these graphite pencil drawings that looked just like the person. And at some point, it morphed into what inspired me. And now um, I can't just sit down and say, oh, it's Saturday. I'm going to paint from two to four. Doesn't work like that. Right. I have to be inspired. And so the things that inspire me, um, I always say it's life's journey. I know it sounds kind of hokey, but people will tell me stories or something will happen or I'll see something. An example is I have a painting of a little girl standing outside with her hand out out waiting for this leaf to drop. And if you've ever watched a leaf fall, it takes a while because it sort of lofts on the wind. And it's a moment that maybe you wouldn't notice. It's pretty commonplace, but it is an important moment. It's a mindful moment. And for that character, that little girl, all she wants is that leaf to land in her hand. And there was something about that moment I wanted to capture. And so that's what I like to do. I like to capture these feelings, these moments. When the color comes back after rain, sometimes where it looks dreary, you know, all these different things. So the work is eclectic. It's inspired by my father. My father had Western, you know, influence. He was a cowboy. And then sometimes it's ethereal. So, and it's multimedia. It's all kinds of stuff. I love that. Some of my favorite literature is children's literature. I was an English major in undergrad at UC Berkeley. So when you talk about the insight about that moment where that little girl is looking up and the leaf is falling and drifting and her trying to catch that, it's just like that moment where you see the child blow bubbles and they're like mesmerized right. with bubbles. It, it's just those special moments. And some of my favorite authors were... Hans Christian Andersen, E.B. White, mm -hmm. you know, all these different incredible authors because they could capture those moments. And here you are doing that in your art. And I absolutely love that because the book is everything, but without a, a beautiful cover, so to speak. And you could just see that, that little girl capturing that leaf or waiting for that leaf as a book cover. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. maybe stay tuned. Yeah. And that's what I thought of is like, mm, that could be a really cool book cover. It's those moments. And sometimes as adults, we're running so fast, you forget to stop and take yes. those moments. Completely. So thank you for sharing that. I love that. Let's talk about this incredible book, 
okay, little bird? What was the impetus? What inspired you to write this? So, you know, it's interesting. I never set out to write a book summer. My father and I were connected. We had an unforgettable connection. He was hilarious. It was like watching Abbott and Costello. (laughs) And, you know, he was a strict guy. He was stern. He was this dapper dresser. He was a cowboy. He was all these things. And he was hilarious and he was unfiltered. So if you were in a department store, you knew that people 20 aisles back were going to hear things that probably they didn't want him to hear. And you were like, (laughs) ground, open up and swallow me. He was a great guy. But, you know, I got past this tough exterior. And so we had this, you know, unconditional connection. And when he, we lived close by and when he uh, got sick and I found out that his life would be ending, I had to navigate that journey and, you know, roles shift in life. Yeah. Right. I'm not just the baby of the family anymore. You know, I have two older siblings and it's how I took that journey. And what happened is I was sitting with him in hospice uh, the day before he passed. I didn't know it was going to be the day before he passed. And I had some thoughts and I had my phone with me um, and I jotted them down. And the next thing I knew it was a year and a half later, I lifted my head up. I, I wrote through his, his, his decline, his passage. And then, yeah, the grief process. And by the way, it all happened during COVID. He did not pass away from COVID, but he was in under hospice watching a group home. So I just, it, I lifted my head. I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. But the, the story is not just my story, but it's the universal story of we have somebody close in our lives. And what do we do when we're handed this circumstance that we can't control? We can control how we react to it. And that's what it's about. And it was with humor. And it's with those moments, those catching the leaf moments. You are in the moment. If the person doesn't want to talk, you're just being with them, fully taking them in. Uh, And it's funny and it's inspiring and it's crazy. And it's, um, yeah, it's all those things. Let me ask you, when you think about this book and you want to capture the essence of this book and tell somebody about it, What is one of those pieces in your book that just kind of says, this is what it is. This is a feeling. It's unconditional love. Unconditional love. Um, It's kind of hard to wrap it all up in one word. Um, Not because I'm very wordy. Not that wordy. (laughs) Or even um, just one scene. Give us the scene. Lay out the scene. And that is what the essence of it is. Okay. My father loved horses. He rode horses for years. We learned through some of his health journeys that he had multiple situations. One of them was he couldn't ride horses anymore because of his heart and cancer and stuff. He had to sell his horse. Talk about watching somebody's soul go with an animal. I mean, he was just so tied in to horses. I knew at that moment, you know, we would fill in each other's spaces for each other. That's what we did, those empty spaces. And I knew at that moment, I wanted him to be able to have an encounter with the horse. So he was pretty feeble and frail, but he was able to still come over to my backyard. And I arranged for a miniature horse to come to my house. And my dad had no idea. And it walked around the corner and he just lit up. And for two hours, he wasn't dying dad. He wasn't sick dad. He was just dad. And he forgot about it and we forgot about it. And to sit and watch that moment of him just being with the horse was like being able to return him to himself for two hours. Those are the kinds of things that we did for each other, finding ways to make them whole again when they're very much in broken pieces. And that's what we did for each other. And it's that's 
if you can find a way to do that for somebody in your life, it's incredible. It's incredible for the other person. It's incredible for you. What are you going to do? Say, hey, how are you doing today? Well, guess what? I'm not doing okay. You know what? It's saying, I just want to be with you. I know this is important to you. I'm going to see if I can make this happen. Wow. That's the essence. And you can really feel that. And I love that example because, as you said, you tried to fill the gaps for each other, right? And you filled that gap. And it was so intentional. It was so meaningful. And it brought it back to, this is not my sick dad. This is my dad being present. This is my dad just being and not having to think about all of that other stuff today at this moment for these next two hours. And how precious is that? How precious of a memory of something that you could give back, that you could fill that gap and bring some, maybe what you might refer to as normalizing into the situation. And that is so important. So important because you know, as well as I know, but sometimes life can bring on different things and it can feel so overwhelming. But when something like that happens, something that special, even something simple as I was just talking to somebody the other day as kindness, opening a door, right? Somebody and saying, whoa, having that moment of connection saying you matter. I called somebody yesterday or set up a phone conversation yesterday because I noticed he con I didn't know this guy except he was on LinkedIn and he always, always shares people's posts, says how wonderful they are. He just lifts everybody up. And I said, you know, I want to connect with this person. I want to have a phone call with this person. And I want to tell him that he is seen. That's so nice. I'm hearing him. I appreciate what he is doing in our community. And everybody needs a witness. Yeah. And he was just floored. He was like, I can't believe this. I do this. And you know what he said? I do this because it makes me happy and it it makes others happy. Yeah. And I realized because when I was, when he was depressing that his mom always said, turn things around and try and make things happy, try and make things feel good for not just yourself, but other people and see how that makes you feel. And he said, and when I started doing that, it changed the world for me. It changed my perspective and outlook on things just like okay little bird and that piece that glimpse that you had given us just now changes makes us feel certain ways makes us feel fulfilled and find peace and joy so when you think about okay little bird how do you want it to resonate with other people i want people to know that when they pick up this book it's a quick read and they're going to laugh they're going to remember A lot of readers reach out and say, oh my God, it reminded me of this person. Sometimes they hadn't fully gone through their cycle of grief and loss, but it allowed them to complete that, look at it through a different lens and find ways to to be okay. You know, there's a story in the book very briefly where I'm, I'm at home with my dad. He finds out he's got this diagnosis and I don't know what to say, which is like something that never happens because I'm always talking. Um, So I said, it'll be okay, dad. And he's like, no, you can't say that it's going to be okay because it's not. And what we do as human beings, we say it's going to be okay. And it's for ourselves. Because if you truly want to comfort somebody, you have to be in their shoes, sitting with them. I'm sorry, you're scared. I know this must be upsetting. And this is 
how ironically things were not okay. It's not okay with them not here, but I found a way to be okay. And I moved through through humor. You know, he lost a tremendous amount of weight. One of my favorite things in the book is um, to give a glimpse of the humor so people know they won't need like, you know, 10 boxes of tissues. He lost all this weight. He's at home. My dad had to have nice clothes. He loved nice clothes. He's like, Dina, I'm freezing. I need a jacket, but I, this jacket has got to look nice. It's got to be this and this and this. I'm thinking, oh my God, where am I going to find this thing? So I go out and I literally am in every store and I, I'm in and out of their house, like with a revolving door, yeah. giving and returning. Nope, nope, doesn't work. But one day I find the Holy Grail. I come home, I hand him this jacket. I know it's going to be the bomb. He goes, okay, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, Stop the world, I'm getting off. I found the perfect jacket, dad is happy. Next day, I come over to see him. Dina, where'd you get this jacket? I'm like, why? Because Dina, I just wanna know, where'd you get the jacket? I got it at Ross, why does it matter? But Dina, where in Ross did you get it? Oh no. What department? <laughs> I go, I got it in the women's department. Why does it matter? The women's department, all right. Well, the zipper, cause on a guy's jacket, the zipper's yeah. so- it's on the wrong side. Dina, where in the women's department did you get that? I said, why did Dina? He always invoked my name, as I mentioned in the book, <laughs> with a question or a lesson. Okay, so I already know I'm like right down this path. I said, I got it in the little girls department, but why does it matter it fits? He goes, oh, that's nice. So now I'm wearing little girl size clothes. I feel much better. So fast forward, he doesn't want the jacket now for now, like the 10 reasons I listed. So I like the jacket. I kept it. I pop over a week later and he, I, I'm wearing the jacket because it's cool out. And he says, is that my jacket you're wearing? I go, yeah. He goes, oh, okay. So now I feel even better. You and I were the same size. That's nice. <laughs> I still have the jacket. I love it. It reminds me. And again, here's a situation where he's so frail. Clothes don't fit him, but we're yeah. able to find this humor in what's happening to him yeah. without being morose yeah I love it oh my gosh that, that reminds me of a situation my grandmother she had cancer and like you mentioned you were able to find even beyond his kind of tough exterior you were able to go beyond that and find something really special and have that meaningful relationship with your dad whereas maybe other people couldn't get past it right and so that was similar to my grandmother and she grew up just kind of like a, not in your face, but this is the way it is. And this is the reality. So you take it or you leave it kind of a gal, right. that rough edge. Right. And we're sitting by her bedside, my cousin and I, and her kids aren't there because they've got strife in their relationship with their own mother. But my cousin and I are sitting there. We took her to the hospital. She's getting the biopsies done and on these, these tumors and stuff. And when she goes, she looks at my cousin. She goes, your hair needs to be more blonde. Yeah. And she looks at me. She goes, some of yours needs to be darker. And I said, listen, lady. I said, who's sitting here right now? Who's sitting here next to you? Exactly right. <laughs> but like she's able to be in this stressful moment and she's, <laughs> she's focused on your hair color. My hair color. Right? You know, and I just thought, oh my God, this is so hilarious. And, it, and you know. I laughed because I said, this is, this is just who my grandmother is. And people are like, well, but, you know, her own kids are like, oh my gosh, she just pointed out the, I said, no, no, no. I did not see it that way. I did not see it as being offensive or being, you know, critical. I saw it as this is who she is. 
And this cracks me up. And this is perfect. That is perfect because this is one of the essence in OK Little Bird is that you go past that. It's not about you. You just depersonalize it. That's who they are. Kind of embrace it. Enjoy it. Things are look different through different lenses, right? Right. So suddenly this person, it's funny. It's really funny. It was really funny. And I found a lot of humor in it. And we had those special moments. So to pick up a book like that and know that even when you're going through some of the most challenging times, there is still humor and love and kindness and so many great things that can come from that. This is a book to pick up. I can't wait. I can't wait to be like, yes, I've got this. I can't. This is so <laughs> much fun. And it, and it also really helped, at least I'm going to talk from a personal perspective, even as somebody who has a doctorate in clinical psychology, one of the most difficult things for me is loss, is losing something, somebody I really love whether it be an animal or a person, or even if a neighbor moves out of the neighborhood, I'm like, oh, no, they're moving. (laughs) (laughs) I feel such a loss, right? And it's books like that that can bring a different perspective about separation, loss, death. Yeah. Which I think is so meaningful. So thank you for sharing this with the world, sharing your experience. So you do so much. You also run a consultation business. Is that correct? Yeah, my husband and I own a fall prevention uh, home safety business. We help seniors um, stay safe in their home while they're aging in place through clinically guided fall prevention interventions. So I, I do that as well. Oh, my gosh. You are a woman of many talents, creative talents. You've written this incredible book, OK, Little Bird. We've covered so much. I love your expertise, your wisdom. And thank you for sharing your journey and a part of you with us today. Thank so, you so much. It's my pleasure. I, I I always love being able to share the story and talk about that. Thank you. And as we come to the close of the interview, my last question is, Dina, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? I would say to embrace the people in your lives, try to look past what is face value and drink it in. Moments matter and, um, you know, and see what kind of takeaways you get because they'll stay with you forever. Thank you, Dina, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Thank you so much, Summer. It was great. Absolutely. You can follow Dina Goldstein on Facebook at Fly With Little Bird, Instagram at ArtD710, LinkedIn at Dina Goldstein, and at dinasart.com and oklittlebird.com. Thank you for joining us on the Core Women Podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great! Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love, and Money Collective, a core women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.